All right, those that know me well know this is a little out of my comfort zone. I do like to study the Word of God, but it's very seldom that I stand before you. I've stood before you in the past a lot of times making announcements. And to illustrate the point I just made, I've welcomed you all before to Squarebone Caverns. I've welcomed you to New Carlisle. And those are jitters. And uh, I'm not bashful about knowing that I have jitters. But I do like the Word of God, and hopefully we can study the Word of God. And if I make any mistakes this time, it's more serious than just announcements. So if I do make mistakes, feel free to point those out, and I will make the corrections that I need to. Our study today, the elders have chosen the subject of baptism. It's a subject that uh, we have <clears throat> in the past. If you've been attending services in the Lord's Church, you've heard before. And you will hear again until the Lord comes. It is a topic that is repeated. Most topics of the Bible, that is the way the Lord teaches us, is by repetition. It's the way He taught the people in the old law and the way He teaches us today, repetition. Keep in remembrance of all things pertaining to the law of God. That is why we have another lesson on baptism. Today, we're going to look at baptism because it is one of the most misunderstood and misapplied words in the Bible. The religious world has many forms of baptism. They will, what they call baptism. Uh, they pour and they sprinkle water on people. And we have some in the audience that come from that uh, teaching, from that denomination. Uh, there are some that will baptize you for your ancestors, believe it or not. You can be baptized, I believe, for up to 15 ancestors at one time. You can go back later on and baptize for 15 more, the way I understand it. That is some of the teaching out there. Sometimes they'll wait uh, to get a group at the end of the month or maybe three months from now or so to get enough to baptize. Some denominational groups, some religious teachings will. Sometimes they will immerse you three times, one right after the other. It's baptism, they call it. You can be baptized to become a member of a religious group, a denomination. You can be baptized to be a member of a local church. There are many uh, baptisms in the religious world to proclaim that you're already saved. Then you're baptized. And there's a lot more than that. It's just a few of them I would point out. But what does the Bible say about baptism? What it is? And what does it do? The Bible gives a description of baptism. Anyone in the religious world or not would understand if, and that if is a big word in Scripture, if they would let the Bible speak. Today, I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to ask you to forget everything you know about baptism. The word baptism, the act, forget all of that. Don't look to a concordance or a dictionary, or a Greek dictionary or English dictionary. We'll look at the Word of God and see how it is described in the Bible. 
so that we can understand it. We will follow the word baptism from Matthew through the New Testament and see all that is said and describe and make the necessary conclusions. Some of you may recognize this intro is one from J.W. McGarvey in 1893. He preached this sermon in, or quite a bit of this sermon anyway, uh, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. 1893, it was relevant then, it's relevant today, it will be relevant until the Lord returns. Remember, we've never heard the word baptism. We won't go to, as I say, a dictionary, Greek or English, and we won't ask someone to describe it. We'll let the Bible describe baptism. We're going to begin in Matthew, the third chapter, and I do recommend you follow along as I go along. I will quote well, read scriptures. I will read part of some verses and all of some verses, but what I read is relevant to to our subject. So, we begin in Matthew, the third chapter, verse five and verse six. Actually, I'll I'll touch on verse one. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He's preaching. And in verse 5, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Baptized, that was our word, and we don't know what it means, but he's in the Jordan after preaching the word of God. He's baptizing. We drop down to verse 11. John says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So we learn here that baptism is with water. We do know that now. It's not with any other liquid, milk, honey, wine, any other liquid but water. So we have learned that. In verse 13, and verse 16, verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Verse 16, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Jesus come up out of the water, so that shows that he's been in it. So we've learned just a little bit about what baptism is. We don't know what it is, but we know that he was in the river and the baptizing was done in the river, in the river, and done by water. Let's go to Matthew the twenty-eighth chapter, verse eighteen. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. To be a disciple, you must be baptized. Whatever it is, you must be baptized from the Word of God Himself. We see that all nations are to be made disciples. That is universal and is very solemn. Baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is very solemn. 
Let's go to Mark. Mark, the first chapter. This is the same account of Matthew, but he does add a little bit here in a moment. So we're going to read Matthew or Mark, the first chapter, in verse four. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. We were talking about earlier in Matthew that he was in the Jordan, but now he says he's in the wilderness. Is there a contradiction? No. We read in verse 5, And all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. So he's still in the Jordan River that uh, Mark just, excuse me, just describes it as the wilderness. Same place. And we know that because we're going to read on here. In verse 9, Jesus is coming to be baptized. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by him in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, once again, Jesus came out of the water. So it's the same account as uh, Matthew and uh, just by a different writer. Let's go to Mark, the 16th chapter now. Mark 16, verse 15, beginning. And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. From gaining knowledge on baptism, we see that salvation is uh, a part of it, and we're going to touch on that in just a moment. We already knew it was universal. Salvation is added. Baptism is gaining importance, and we're gaining knowledge on it. Luke's account in verse or chapter 3 Luke the third chapter Luke 3 verse 3 and he went into all the region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins we started out in Matthew seeing that he was preaching the gospel he was preaching baptism of repentance you must repent before you're baptized But it is a baptism of repentance for the remission, the forgiveness of your sins. Once again, must be very important. And it's getting more important. And we're gaining more knowledge. It's always important. In John, the third chapter, we go to John now. As we go through the New Testament. third chapter in verse 22 after these things Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea and there he remained with them and baptized verse 23 now John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized the disciples of Christ were baptized baptizing in Judea and John was baptizing in Anon and the claim here is or the statement here is there was much water here it's a vague term and it would rule out definitely the pouring and the sprinkling because they always had at least drinking water around they could have filled a cup and 
poured or sprinkled if that was necessary. But here he's baptizing in Anan where there is much water. It's a vague term, but it is helpful. Much water. Let's go to Acts, the second chapter. Verse 38. Acts, the second chapter, verse 38. Peter said to them after, and by the way, this is after conviction that they had crucified the Lord and Savior. And Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for your remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for remission or forgiveness of sins, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we don't know what baptism is, but whatever it is, it's gaining importance, and this is very important. In verse 41, we see that around about 3,000 <coughs> recognize the importance of being baptized, and they are baptized. Verse 41, And those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. In the 8th chapter of Acts, we see that men and women were baptized. <clears throat> when they believe Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ both men and women were baptized once again we're told they are baptized and in verse 35 of this chapter verse uh, chapter 8 we have another instance of a baptism Philip is preaching and he opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him now this hymn is the Ethiopian eunuch heard the word of God now from Philip verse 36 as they went down the road they came to some water and eunuch said see here is water what hinders me from being baptized once again the much water comes into play we don't know how much here but he saw enough to be baptized in and he had been told by Philip that this was a necessity of obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. The eunuch took that to heart and obeyed the gospel at this time. He believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You may. Verse 38, He commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him and they come up out of the water. Once again, the mode of baptism is vows water they went down into the water, they come up out of the water. Water is again the element of baptism, whatever it is, as we're learning. Both went down into the water, and the baptism was done. So, what have we learned? Oh, well, we've learned that the baptisms were done in Jordan and in Anan. There was much water. Both the candidate and the baptizer went down into the water. The baptizing was done, whatever it is. And both came up out of the water. In the book of Acts, we read of several baptisms. Ten, actually. I won't read the scriptures, but I will, in case you're taking notes, I'll give them to you. We've talked about a few of them already on the day of Pentecost, for example. Uh, in Acts, the second chapter, in verse 38 and 41, uh, we see that uh, several were baptized, uh, almost 3,000, it said. 
uh, were baptized. And in uh, Acts of the 8th chapter, the Samaritans were baptized in verse 12. Simon was baptized in verse 13. The eunuch we just studied about was baptized in verse 38. In the ninth chapter, Paul, he's later become, or Saul, who later becomes Paul, is baptized in uh, chapter 9, verse 18. And also if you look at 22, Acts 22, verse 16, he's commanded to be baptized and wash away his sins interesting concept. Wash away your sins. How you wash them away? We're going to see in a moment. Cornelius was baptized in Acts 10. Acts 10.48 Lydia was baptized in Acts 16 verse 15. Philippian jailer was baptized in Acts 16 verse 33. And then the Corinthians. And this is interesting because we've been in uh, Judea and Galilee and all around the Jordan at this time but now the Corinthians are baptized and that's in Acts 18 verse 8 now think about Corinth it's many miles away and this happens to be several years later they're baptized so the gospel is spread to the rest of the world it's not just something in Jesus time it is several years later here with the Corinthians and also our next Example of the men of Ephesus in uh, Acts 19, verse 5. Hundreds of miles away and separated by many years. That tells us today this is still beneficial to us as an act of obedience because we are many years away and several miles also away. So It is pertinent to us today. Baptism is whatever it is and we're getting some knowledge on it. Nothing new, but people are heeding the Word of God and are baptized. Let's go to Romans, the sixth chapter. Romans, the sixth chapter. Uh, beginning verse 3. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. It's baptized into his death or buried. <coughs> How we're buried. It's a new thought and very important. We're buried. When baptized. And when down to the water were baptized, which is called a burial. The conclusion, they were buried in the water, put under it, immersed, but not left there. But were raised up out of the water, and as Jesus and the uh, eunuch did, they were raised to walk in newness of life. And that is result of baptism. We have seen that it takes enough water to bury us, to immerse us. We just read, and by the way, I did skip a verse, didn't I? Or skip a 
an account at Colossians 2.12 and we'll come back to my last statement. Colossians 2.12 is a continuation of the Roman thought here in Colossae. The writer is saying, buried with him in baptism, once again buried, put under, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. We have seen that it takes enough water to baptize or immerse a person. And when down into the water, you cannot bury a man without going into the water. And they always came up out of the water. They were buried and raised in imitation of the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's done by the command of God as we see in Matthew the 28th chapter. The blessing from this act is remission of sins and brings us into Christ in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And is followed by the gift of the Holy Spirit. The religious world should not misunderstand what it is and what it does. They should let the Bible speak. Uh, I have an addition to this, and it's to the young people. It's for us all, I understand, but we have a lot of young folks here that have not gone down the path of life yet as far as it's going to take them. They're not going to be in this assembly all their lives possibly. I don't know that. But as they go out to their various vocations to make a living, and marry spouses, they may be tempted or led astray by other teachings and they may hear other teachings. I know they will hear other teachings similar to what we started out with on the importance of baptism. They need to be grounded and firmly grounded and I think as long as we teach the truth they will be but the temptations will be out there for them and I do recommend young people to always keep your feet firmly planted in the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, the teachings is going to come at you and they will they come at all of us uh, be mindful of those and be have your armor on be mindful of that that's basically the lesson here. I am going to read a poem I read uh, a few years ago here. It's very pertinent, I think, to our lives. And I'm going to read it for us, and, and actually, uh, as I read it, think about it and see how it affects you. And, and if it does affect you, then uh, make the necessary uh, adjustments in your life, and, and we can go from there. Have you thought? Have you ever stopped to wonder what this life is all about? Why you're here and where you're going when your lease on time runs out? Maybe you've been far too busy trying hard to reach your goal. Would you let me ask you kindly? Have you thought about your soul? You may reach the highest portals and your dreams may all come true. Wealth and fame may be your portion and success may shine on you. All your friends may sing your praises. Not a care on you may roll. What about the great tomorrow? Have you thought about your soul? Don't forget your days are numbered, though you may be riding high. But like all of us poor mortals, someday you'll just up and die. 
your success and fame and glory will be worth the bell you toll. Let me ask you just one question. Have you thought about your soul? If you've never thought it over, spend a little time today. There is nothing more important that will ever come your way than the joys of sins forgiven and to know you've been made whole. In the name of Christ the Savior, have you thought about your soul? Have you thought about your soul? God's Word tells us in Romans chapter 3.23 that all have sinned, that's including you and me, and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible answers what we must do to be saved. We must hear the Word of God and keep it. We see that in Luke the 11th chapter and verse 28. You must believe that Jesus is the Christ. If you do not believe, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. You must repent of your sins or you shall perish. Luke 13, 3 tells us that. Repent or perish. You should confess Jesus Christ before men. He will confess us before the Father in heaven. Matthew 10:32. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Matthew or Mark 16:16. 16, 16. And that's what we've been studying today, the importance of baptism in our salvation. You must be baptized to be a disciple of Christ, as we've read. Then you need to walk in newness of life. The rest of your days, Revelation 2.10 tells us that we should walk according to His Word all the days of our lives. If there is anything that we can do along these lines, if you're concerned for your soul, you need to make adjustments in your life to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ or to be in fellowship with the Savior. Now is the time to do that as you stand to sing. Oh, uh-huh.